Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. This is Lori LeBay, the host and founder of Alzheimer's Speaks. For those of you that are new um, to our program, I just want to let you know that Alzheimer's Speaks is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort around the world. And we believe that by joining forces and just having these everyday conversations about life with dementia, that we're going to be able to remove the stigmas and the myths attached to memory loss and help people live with purpose and pride. Um, We've got to remove the isolation that exists with this disease and together help everybody understand what life is really like, not just for those diagnosed, but for all of those that they engage with. This is this disease has such a large, large ripple effect. At our core here at Alzheimer's Speaks, we believe that collaboratively we're going to be able to win this battle against dementia. And I know it's working because of all of your clicks and likes and shares um, that you've done with our resources. Um, I, we were honored here, and um, basically that honor is shared with all of you to be um, named the number one influencer online um, regarding Alzheimer's according to ShareCare which is the largest health and wellness website in the world, as well as Dr. Oz. And we all know uh, Dr. Oz. So, again, keep sharing and pushing the information out. I, we try to make um, all of our, our tools and um, information sources like the radio program, the blog, the webinar, Dementia Chats, that, again, we'll be doing today, free and accessible, along with the, the resource website. We need to get information in front of people. We need to um, make them feel it's okay to click on it and and grab support when they need it. So many wonderful, wonderful resources that people just don't know are there. Um, So feel free to go to alzheimerspeaks.com. There you can find out information from Memory Cafes to the Purple Angel Project, which is just an amazing new global symbol um, going rampant around the world. Um, We want that known as well as the pink ribbon for breast cancer. Um, you will also find out information about Dementia Chats, which we'll be having this afternoon, actually. Um, and the Dementia Chats are a webinar we do twice a month on the second and fourth Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That would be 2 p.m. Central. 
1 o'clock Mountain Time and noon um, Pacific Time if you're out west. And those are free. And our experts are those actually living with dementia. And they have wonderful, wonderful insights. And the public is more than welcome to um, join us, ask questions, and and participate um, in just a fantastic conversation regarding um, life and living well with dementia. I do want to do a couple of shout-outs before we roll into open mic, and I hope all of you will call in or use the chat box to communicate with us. Um, Again, because everybody dealing with this disease is a little bit different, and it takes all of us to share our knowledge of what we've learned uh, to make life with this disease better. If you're looking for an Alzheimer's Association anywhere in the world, check out Alzheimer's Disease International. They are the organization of all Alzheimer's associations around the world. Not only will you be able to find an association close to you, but you'll also get global information and research, which is critical. Um, They're one of the leaders out there coordinating such. Um, This fall, they just did a a great um, research paper on trying to prevent the disease that you might find interesting as well. And uh, again, information there is free. Then there is the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation, a wonderful organization if you are looking at more alternative or holistic modes um, in terms of dealing with the disease. So there you'll find out um, information on diet and exercise and and meditation. uh, and then many are dealing with specific types of dementia because there are, we don't really know how many there are. I've heard anywhere from 70 to 130 different types. And um, so if you're dealing with like Lewy body or frontal temporal lobe, um, or maybe you're having problems with speech or someone you love is, which is called aphasia, those all have national organizations that you can go ahead and tap into and get really great specific information out there. Um, And then a couple of fun things for the holidays. Um, Sometimes people are looking for gifts. Um, Puzzle With Me has a great uh, variety of puzzles that they've designed that are fewer pieces, a little bit bigger to hold on to, and more age-appropriate. Jiminy Wicket is a croquet game that can be played as a family. It can be played in a community. Um, It's also being used with schools and uh, memory loss communities, uh, joining forces and playing together. And then, of course, there's Alzheimer's Music Connect, which just has fabulous music. Um, And not only do they have a wonderful Christmas CD out, but they also have a variety of other types of music that help engage the brain a little bit longer um, after you listen to it. So before we roll into our program, let's just kick off with a little Christmas song by Alzheimer's Music Connect. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose You'll not care by a choir and folks Dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows 
Wasn't that a beautiful, beautiful song? And that is from their new holiday CD, uh, Memories. Um, um, and it's just, it's absolutely gorgeous. And it is uh, sung by a gal who was on American Idol. And I highly encourage you to go to Alzheimer's Music Connect and, and check out um, the variety of music they have. We've got a few callers with us. And I thought what we'd focus on today, since we are in the holiday season, it can always be uh, a, a difficult patch. As much as we're trying to create joy and keep up with traditions and things, um, you know, it can be a really stressful time uh, because things change when it comes to dementia. So let me see who we've got on the line here. I think we've got Harry Urban, but let me check. Harry, are you with us? I sure am. How are you today? I am doing very, very well. Very, very well. I'm going to see who else is on the line here. I think this is Robert. And Robert, are you Rob. are you live? I'm live. You're live, okay. And I'm not quite sure who we've got another person from a six one oh number, and I'm gonna put you live if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself. From a six one zero. Did you wanna speak or did you just wanna call in to listen? If you'd like to talk, we we would love to have you join our conversation. But if not, we totally understand, too. Um, Why don't we do this uh, for our 610 number? If you decide you want to join the conversation, just push one and I'll pull you back in. Okay? Um, So, Harry and and Robert, let's talk about the holidays. First of all, um, Robert, are you all set and ready to go for the holidays? I'm ready. Excuse me, I'm ready to go, Laurie. It's uh, we, we only, you know, just got over Thanksgiving, but uh, it's been calm in our house, and I'm thankful for that. You know, I'm excited about Christmas. Wonderful, Harry. How about you? Are you all geared up? I know you are a Christmas guru. Um, you love your holidays. I am so glad that holiday they call Thanksgiving is over. Now I say that because anybody. <laughs> Everybody tells me not until after Thanksgiving. And uh, uh, now that it's over Thanksgiving, let's let's dig into this Christmas spirit and let's uh, get on with the Christmas holidays. I just love it. Yeah, I know you do. Now, do you still uh, do, you do any traveling, Harry, for the holidays, or do you stay home and, and have people come to you? No, we don't. We don't do any traveling at all. Well, it's just it's just too difficult for me. Um, we're we're fortunate enough to have everybody come here, and it's uh, it's so nice because um, uh, we get visitors uh, the whole month of December. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like it's not like just one day uh, twenty people show up. Uh, you know, I I have the opportunity to 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 speak and chat with their friends and relatives. Uh, all during a month, and and so my my celebration actually started. Um, everybody waits till uh, the twenty fifth, and uh, and that's fine. But mine already started. I'm I'm already uh, uh, eating my my uh, Christmas cookies and uh, and just having a good time. Oh, you got the Christmas cookies out already, huh? <laughs> So, do you and Hazel do a lot of baking? 
Um, I, I'm banned from the kitchen. Uh, You're banned I, from I the put kitchen. One, oh yeah, if I put one step in the kitchen, red lights and and sirens and everything goes off, and uh, uh, everybody comes and grabs me and yanks me out of the kitchen because I'm not allowed in there anymore. But um, <laughs> Hazel and, and and my daughter Patty, they um, uh, they're just cupping fools. Uh, mm-hmm. They've been now, uh, Patty. Now, uh, Patty, my daughter, she's been experimenting on me with with various Christmas cookies, and uh, I'm doing a pretty good job. You know, uh-huh. I, I let it. I, I haven't tasted any I didn't like so far. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Yeah, I'm kind of like that when it comes to cookies. It can be a little dangerous thing for me. Well, just about with any any food, I I like my. I'm a foodie, I guess. Like uh, like my food and and uh, have a cocktail and just relax and and enjoy. How about you, Robert? Um, do you, do you have any favorite foods for the holidays that you like? Uh, I like pretty much all of them, Lori. Uh, yep. I, I love to eat too much, I know, but uh, some of our friends uh, had sent us some cookies early, and uh, I know I've probably put on several pounds. Just enjoying them. Like Harry, I hadn't found any I didn't like. Uh, <laughs> I know my daughter went shopping. I came home and there was just a, a the table was full of bags. I said, "What's that?" She's like, "Oh, that's all my bacon stuff." And I'm like, "Oh boy, this gets dangerous." <laughs> you know, <laughs> but um, it's but it's very it's a fun tradition and and you know something fun to be able to to share with everybody that you you love and things too. Um, how about you, Robert? Do you do any traveling for the holidays, or are you going to stay put? We have one of our daughters and her family. We will get together with them prior to Christmas because they rotate between his parents and and of course us. And uh, this is their year to go to West Virginia. So mm-hmm. with the other two children, we're going to meet at our daughter's house, which is about an hour away, and enjoy that day on Christmas Eve. Oh, nice. And that'll, that'll, that'll be a good day. We'll get to see. Let's see. Uh, we'll get to see four grandchildren that day and uh-huh. uh, two of our children and their spouses. Oh, nice. Yeah, I don't even know what we're doing. I'm just getting through. You know, I got through the holiday with, with Thanksgiving, and then I I traveled out of town. I went to um, Palm Springs to meet with a, a group of um, kind of dementia experts from around the world and just got back in town. I've been so busy doing presentations and trying to get ready for my daughter's uh, baby shower and stuff. And, and there's so much going on with the holidays and all the parties and, and different things. I just, I really have to, for me, break it down to almost one day at a time. You know, like I'm a recovering holiday addict or something. I don't know. Um, because otherwise it's just, it's it's so much, you know. Um, I'm interested to hear how, how you two, um, since you, you've both been diagnosed with dementia, um, how you two have adjusted the holidays, and and you know if you can share with our audience what types of things do you do differently now than than you used to? And um, Robert, do you want to go ahead and go first? Yeah, Lauren. Uh, the biggest the biggest potential struggle that that I know I face is if the noise gets too too loud or or there's too many people talking at one time. Uh, that can be very problematic for me. Uh, and it, 
even to the point that if it gets too bad, I'll have to walk out of the room and just go to another room or go outside and, and try to decompress. I always hope that I'm able to to realize that it's happening because it's if I don't realize it, it's not a pretty show. Uh, I'll mm-hmm. often just grab my head with both hands and, and scream because it's just so overwhelming and, and, and just so... Uh, uh, it's hard, it's hard to explain. It's it's uh, it's almost like a pinball machine going off in my brain. Uh, you know, I, I that's one of the most common things that I hear is the noise factor. And Harry, is that a, is that a big issue for you as well? No, I'm I'm uh, I'm hard of hearing, Roy. So that's not <laughs> that's not too much of a a, a distraction for me. Okay. Okay, because um, I know from so many, you know, that I hear that that's, that's such a difficult, difficult thing and um, a huge trigger and something that most of us aren't really, you know, normally um, clicked into to uh, adjust. I mean, we just, we're used to the static and the noise. Um, and the hustle and the bustle of things. So, um, can you give us some examples, Robert, of 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 areas or, you know, if you're out in the community or at home um, that can be triggers for you? Because that might help other families too, as well, um, with their planning. Laurie, well, one thing I was going to mention with Harry saying he was hard of hearing. I think through my dementia, my sensitivity to sound is is increased and uh i hear things that i don't think i used to hear uh, okay as far as the, the volume of the noise seems more and, and, and the fact of uh i don't think it's really as loud as i think it is but to me it's overwhelming i'm just super sensitive to to sound okay uh, but going into uh you know going into restaurants i have to be very careful uh, going into stores I have to be very careful. Uh, traffic, you know, if you go to Walmart or something like that, the parking lot, although I have stopped driving, uh, you know, the, the, everybody's in a hurry at Christmas. And uh, mm-hmm. that creates an element of stress just when you get inside a, a parking lot, even if you're not driving, for me, uh, an element of stress that uh, you're afraid somebody's going to hit you, uh, those type uh-huh. of things. And, they, and you go in the store and it's just overwhelming. Uh, but other than that, you know, I fare pretty well. Okay, okay. How about you, Harry? Are there are there certain triggers for you that you have found that um, you know you you just have to kind of dance around and do things differently? Uh, yeah. Well, first, but first of all, um, I just want to uh, explain to Robert that that his hearing did improve. He he learned how to pay attention. And <laughs> that, I mean that's that's a big that's a big difference. Uh, I know uh, as we as we grow with this Alzheimer's and in my case Alzheimer's, uh, I I've learned to pay attention and and all of a sudden I'm hearing all these sounds and stuff that I never heard before. And it's uh, it's kind of neat, and it's not because my hearing improved; it's because I'm paying attention now. But one thing, um, one thing I'm going to do. I started it last year, and I'm going to do it again this year. Is on uh, on the day before Christmas, on the 24th. Uh, 
I'm going to have a virtual Christmas Eve party. And mm-hmm. last year, I, last year I, uh, I started this, and it, it went so well. I'd like to do it again this year. And it's, um, it's just a party that it's a, it's a virtual um, chat that we have. And I did people coming in from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Now, the intent, of my, the intent of my party that nobody has to be alone Christmas Eve. Uh-huh. You know, we're here. We're, we're, we're bonded. We're here. And uh, last year I had people that came in that, that was on the chat for hours. And then people, people would come in just to say Merry Christmas, whatever, and, uh, you know, talk to a couple people. But it is so nice because it gives everybody a chance to get together and not be alone on Christmas Eve. And that's very, oh. very important to me. Very, and that's that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. You know, we did um, we had our memory cafe the day before um, Thanksgiving, and um, the facilitators initially said, you know, we'll, we'll cancel because it it's too close to the holiday and stuff. And I said, you know what, I'll be there um, because I think there'll be people who want mm-hmm. to come. And we had over thirty people show mm-hmm. up. You know, uh, and and so we had a packed room, and they were like so thankful. Because they they just love getting together and chatting and stuff, and so I was so glad that that I chose to be there, and I'll do that again on the twenty fourth, even though it's right before Christmas. Um, I just think, uh, you know, for me, it's a priority um, to be able to uh, allow people to have that that space um, if they need it and stuff. Now we've got a, a caller, I think, from the six ten number. So let me try again, six um, ten. Area code, you are live and on the air. Do you want to state your name? My name is Lori. Hi, Lori. Good name. Hi. Good name, <laughs> Good name yeah. You spell it different than I do, but still. Um, I have a question. Since uh, experiencing dementia, I have problems making decisions. And mm-hmm. I also uh, have had problems going out shopping. How do you go about, number one, deciding what to get somebody and shopping online, unless you know directly what you want for somebody, is really difficult. Any pointers from Robert or Harry on how you go about deciding on Christmas gifts and how you make the decision what to get? Uh, Harry, I'll let you go first on that one. Oh, that, that's one of my favorite topics. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I make my own gifts when I give them out at, at Christmas time. Um one of the one of the problems I I see that we do is we spend too much money at Christmas time. That, I mean that's not uh, that's not the meaning of Christmas. Okay, um, so I I usually make gifts. I love making gifts, and it not only helps me, but um, when I give a gift to some someone that I made, they love it, even though it's it's minimal, you know. And it, it might have only, I might have only spent a dollar, two dollars making this gift. But there's so many crafts you can make, and I really pushed that idea with my family. Don't buy me any gifts. Um, if, if you want to give me a gift, that's okay, but make it. You know, and it could be, it could be that you bake me a dozen cookies. You know, it could be a lot of things. Um, my my daughter likes to. Uh, uh, 
uh, crochet and knit things, like uh, you know, and and things like that. I think a gift like that means more to me than than anything. I mean, you don't have to go out and and buy me a new GPS or or whatever. Spend a hundred dollars on something, you know. That that's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. How about how about Robert? What are your thoughts on um, finding and and purchasing things for people at Christmas time? I don't. Uh... I depend on my wife a lot, Lori, for that. Uh, uh-huh. So I'm not a good reference point for that because uh, I have never, I've always worked at such a pace when I had the pharmacy that uh, I was engaged at Christmas, but it was a short period of time. And I'm having to learn to enjoy a longer period of time, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, but I depend on my wife a lot in that arena. And, and actually what we've done this year is do it together. But uh uh-huh. I'm not good, I'm not that good at coming up with good ideas. So about the Christmas gifts, and I don't have the talent that Harry Urban has. Uh, it gets the, that he has in that arena. So uh, I depend on my wife a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not I'm not talented either um, when it when it comes to making stuff. I I, I have done it over the years, but um, between that and just a busy lifestyle. Um, Lori, are you craftsy at all, or what are your thoughts about making things? Not going to happen this year. Maybe next year. <laughs> it's not going to happen this year. There's too much going on in life this year. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, you... I look, oh, go ahead. when I'm I go, sorry. like, to Amazon, there's so many things, unless you really know what you're looking to get somebody. And I don't want to spend a lot of money, but, um, you know, I want everybody should have a present to unwrap. Mm-hmm. Um, can be something small, but it's just, you know, you used to go to the store and you'd be walking down the store and you'd go, oh, so-and-so would really like that. But without having the ideas, um, I'm finding it very difficult this year to to pull out even small things for people. Yeah. Have you have you asked them kind of for a wish list of what they what they want? No. I always try and surprise them, but um, I think this year it's probably just not going to happen. Okay. I, I know Lori, we were a little... Uh-huh. Go ahead. Uh, what I was going to say is one thing that we do in that arena is we do ask our children uh, what their children would like to have for Christmas and let them give us a list of things, and then we pick from that. And we even ask our children what they would like. Uh, we pick from that, and then they're surprised by which one they get to that extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Great. definitely an idea. I remember when I was little, and remember when we used to get the big old catalogs delivered to the house, and our parents would say, you know, sit down, and what do you want? Well, my gosh, we marked every single page, I think, in the whole catalogs, and every single catalog that came, you know, the words and the, the Sears and the pennies, and, and went through right. all of that. <laughs> and and nowadays, you know, I hear of kids a lot of times will um, will send like a URL to their parents, you know, of things that they want and and stuff. I I've kind of gotten to be a little bit of a whole humbug um, person too, because I think we've gotten a little out of line with uh, with gifts. But every family is different; and has to do what what works well for them. 
Um, have you ever thought of, of getting everybody the same thing, something that would bring meaning to the family at all? Um, if it's something... I've thought of that. Um, I just can't decide what to get for uh-huh. for everybody. And I have a very large family. We don't buy for everybody, but, but uh, we do buy for certain people, the people that are coming here for, like, Christmas dinner. I like to have something for them, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and something for my husband, which I'm at a total loss on this year, but, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. What's uh, Does he have any hobbies or anything that he likes, or? He does. I think we're, we're in the financial crunch, um, as many people are this year. Yep. And also, uh, we have so much. It comes to a point you say, boy, we really don't need any more stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but yet it's still nice to have something to unwrap for Christmas. But Yeah. Um, a, I'm finding I can't make the decisions like I, I used to. I used to be able to come up with thoughts and ideas and unique things, and um, now even just trying to make the decision of, of what to do tends to be uh, challenging. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about, you know, because one of the things that they say um, with dementia is, you know, less is more um, in terms of starting to give stuff away. I mean, I, I've really downsized significantly, and I I love giving people stuff that was really precious to me but that I don't really use and appreciate as much as I should. And um, and people have really, uh, they were like, really, you're going to give me that? You know, and I'm like, yeah, it's time for a new home. You know, and I and I know that you'll take good care of it. And they're so touched, and it makes me feel so good. And it's almost kind of I, I don't know. I think I feel like I've been almost going through a cleansing in my own space, you know, and just um, minimizing. And I don't know if it's just getting older or not liking to dust everything. I don't know what exactly it all is, but um, a combination. But um, sometimes, you know, we have belongings that. Aren't um, that were once really special to us, and we want kind of that history, you know, passed on to our kids. If it's a piece of jewelry or artwork or dishes or whatever that we don't really utilize that much anymore, and it's kind of a cool time to be able to to give it to them um, and and be able to see their face and their appreciation for it. So that that might be a road to go down um, in terms of ideas. I don't know. Floyd. Uh-huh. What 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 one of the one of the gifts that uh uh I valued the most and I got them from my kids was um every Christmas they made me up a coupon book. Okay? And uh inside this little coupon book it was a coupon that um I'll mow the grass, uh I'll wash the car, things like that. Now, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be great if we could give out coupons that would say, I will sit with your loved one while you go out and do something? Oh, yeah. You know, That's... I, I will come and I will sit an hour with with your loved one while you go out and do shopping or you do something for yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be a wonderful gift to give? That would be, I would think that that would be a great gift. Uh, Lori, what do you think about something like that? 
I, I would love to give my husband a coupon saying I won't repeat myself ten times when I ask you a question, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I'd love to give him that. He'd be very happy with that. But. Well, maybe you maybe you give your maybe you give uh, coupons for you both get a pass. You know, on that, and neither of you will get frustrated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. yeah I'm, I'm sure many people can relate. I, I would love to be able to tell him I, I won't have a meltdown and everything else, but realistically, I I, I don't think it's going to work. But um, thank you guys for your ideas, and thank you for your radio show. Um and I'm going to hang up the phone, but listen in on the radio. But you guys have a wonderful day and a very blessed Christmas. Oh, you yeah. too. Thanks so much for calling in, Lori. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Um, and we invite all Lori, of you to. Mm-hmm. Lori, one yep. thing I thought about when you were talking about taking something that you have and and, and, and giving it. Uh, our son came yesterday, and I have a my dad's pocket watch. Uh-huh. My mother had hand painted a little box with with the china type uh, material, and it had hand painted it with a clock on it. Uh-huh. And th- this uh, the pocket watch was hanging on that, and we had it on a stand on the bookshelf. Mm-hmm. And I I told him it was my dad's, and I said, "Would you like to have it?" He said, "I sure would." So mm-hmm. I gave it to him yesterday when he was here. How cool! It's, you know, it's. I I kind of went through this, you know, when my dad died, you know, over ten years ago, and then my mom just recently, and so many times we wait to pass things on, and um, it doesn't make any difference if we have a disease or an illness or not. But so many times we wait, and I remember with my mom, you know, we went through and. She decided on all her jewelry where it was going to go, and she was in a nursing home, and so she couldn't have it there, and so I put it in a safety deposit box, and one day I pulled it out, and I said, you know, Mom, how about if you give this stuff to everybody at Christmas? And then you can still see everyone's reaction and appreciation, and so that's what we did. And it was such a beautiful thing. Everybody was so touched and so honored. You know, and she could be part of of that passing on that heritage and and um, really special special gifts. Um, you know, I've I've given a few other things away. I have a stepson in New York, and I gave him a um, a really nice uh, special painting that I bought one time when I was out in California, and I was out visiting with him. And I said, you know, I, I would really like to send you this piece of artwork. You know, if you're open to it, it's and they got it, and they just they love it, you know. And it's just something that um, kind of needed a new home, and it just fit in their decor, and it just made so much sense. So I, I've been really clearing things out, and not just to family members, but to to friends as well. Um, things that were unique to me um, and in my history, and. And the people that I'm passing it on to know that. And so it makes it extra special, I think, um, to to be able to do that. Uh, are, are you thinking of doing that more, Robert, with other things? I think so. Uh, you know, I think about I don't wear a ring anymore because it just it, it does not feel comfortable. Uh, I've been thinking about going ahead and giving my 
daughter that graduated from the University of Georgia, my college pharmacy room, things like that. Uh, and, and, and it really is special when you do it and you get to see the reaction on their face uh, mm-hmm. when you give it to them. And, and I'm thankful I've got that opportunity to do it because most of us go at such a pace uh, that we don't think about these things. But I think certainly as you uh, live with dementia, you think about those things, and, and I think it's created a special situation in my life to be able to do some of it. Yeah. Well, it's. Um, I think it's just really important for us to to share, um, you know, what's, what's been important to us. And, you know, even just to, you know, if it's, if it's uh, dishes, a lot of times maybe we don't cook so much anymore, um, which is all all fine. But you know, to see your daughter or your son now cooking with something that was really important to you, it's pretty cool. You know, it's uh, it's pretty cool to be able to to see all of that kind of pull together, and um, really quite quite fun. So, Harry, have you ever done anything like that? Well, uh, yeah, now, it, it's been my experience that you have to be careful uh, about doing something like that because um, uh, a lot of times, like, if you would if you would pass down jewelry or something like that, it gets locked away. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what I what I like to do is, is um, every family, I don't care what family it is, they have a cook. Uh-huh. And... Usually, mom, mom makes the best whatever, and mm-hmm. I'm a big proponent of making up cookbooks mm-hmm. of, of family recipes and and uh, putting them down on on a piece of paper and making up a little cookbook and, and and giving them out as Christmas gifts, and that's that's a gift that uh, people would take that recipe and they would cook it all year long every mm-hmm. year. They will use yep. the gift that you gave all the time. Now, if you give them a watch or something like that, like I said, uh, it might be too valuable or something to to uh, to wear. So what they do is they they uh, they put it away, and that's that's fine. I don't have any problems with that. But I like to give things out like like recipes and things, you know, things along that line that somebody's going to use every day. Mhm. Yeah, that that's a nice uh, I think that that's a really nice route to go um to be able to get um past some of that those traditions and and heritage on and you know for some it might be uh, on little note cards in a little box and for some it might be making up a formal book um someone else might just like it in a three-ring binder, uh, someone else might want it in electronic format. So there's all different ways um, that you can you can do this. You know, maybe you want to set up a Dropbox, um, you know, a cookbook type thing, and you can share it with the whole family. Um, just do it once and, and share it and, mm-hmm. and have something electronic out there too. So there's lots of cool different things um that we can do if we just get creative and so many times you know we like you know i think robert said we just get so busy and in the hustle and bustle with things that that we don't slow down and look at well what do, what do i really have here to give and you know i really like the the coupon idea you know and for grandparents it might be that you're going to babysit 
You know, the kids have said, don't get them any more toys. You know, they got enough cloys. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you supposed to do? Well, well, maybe it's um, taking them to a movie, you know, or saying we'll go to the park or we're going to go on vacation for a couple of days, you know, with the kids. And and the parents, you know, your kids can then kind of plan time for themselves. I mean, there's there's all different things. It could be a massage or doing somebody's, you know, giving them uh, a pedicure or doing their nails and maybe not sending them to a salon. Maybe you're going to actually sit down and physically touch them and do it yourself and have a conversation. Um, You know, there's just, it's endless. They're going over and cleaning somebody's house for them or dusting or helping them do spring cleaning or washing windows. Um, I mean, my gosh, I, I can think of a list that won't end you know, of, of stuff that just needs to be, that we all need to do, um, or giving people rides to the doctor um, so that they don't have to feel um, guilty, you know, about anything. So there's there's lots of, lots of things, I think, that can help out so many people when we just when we just think about it. I think the talking about gifts is really a, a great idea. Anything else you want to add on the topic of, of gifts, um, Harry? Um, no. You know, like I said, um, uh, Hazel and I, we, we don't even exchange gifts at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And now it, it's because um, I, there's nothing I want. And if there mm-hmm. is if there is something I want any time during the year, um, I get it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm kind of a spoiled brat like that. If I if I say, "Ooh, boy, I'd like to have that," oof, I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Hazel Hazel's like that. Uh, she'll just go out and buy it for me. So um, I get more I get more out of Christmas by giving than mm-hmm. receiving. Now, I mean that that might sound corny. But it's just the way I am. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't mind sitting there and watching the kids unwrap, unwrap Christmas gifts or, or whatever, you know, things like that. In fact, I, I enjoy that. I, I love doing that. Mm-hmm. But it, as far as uh, if somebody would, would say, okay, Harry, let's go out Christmas shopping, I wouldn't know what to do. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have the, the foggiest idea of what to buy or, or whatever. And um, so I'm not... I'm not really big on presents. I'm I'm big on giving, but I'm not, uh, as far as wrapping something up and saying, here's a gift, uh, I don't do that much anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, it looks like Lori called back in, so let me just pull her back in. Lori, are you still with us? Yes, I just thought I'd tell you I did come up with something. Okay, um, good. Uh, I am getting group tickets uh, for us to go together to see Still Alice. Oh, wonderful. I just saw a trailer of that, and that is going to be one powerful movie. But I I pulled up on, um, like, movies.com, and I couldn't find where it was. Did you? It's not until January 15th, in our area anyway. Oh, see, I had heard that it was rolling out December 5th, but maybe that was just in certain areas on there. Because I was was like, oh, I can't wait to go see it. I really, it's going to be really, have you seen the trailer for it? Yes, yes. And I know my family has talked about seeing it, so 
uh, I thought this is something we could do is uh, I can give them a coupon saying they have a ticket, and then uh, uh, we'll go together. So, Oh, I think that's a wonderful idea. But I throw that idea. out there. That might be an idea for anybody looking, thinking they want to do something for Christmas. Um, that will be a good movie to go see together. Oh, I think that that'll be, I think that's a fantastic idea. I think that's a fantastic idea. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's a great Thank idea. You have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Now, I also have somebody from a 438 number, and I'm just going to see if they want to uh, want to talk. 438, you are live and on the air. Did you want to join hey, our conversation? Chris. Hey, Chris, yeah, how Chris are you doing? Wynn. I'm good, Lori. How are you? Good, good. Um, for those of you that don't know, Chris Wynn is a uh, a movie director, and he is working on a new project. So why don't you why don't you give us a plug for your new project, Chris? Yeah, well, it's interesting. You guys are just talking about Still Alice, and I, I can't wait to see that as well. Um, so with Still Alice, you know, the the if you've read the book, obviously it it focuses on early onset. My documentary does the same thing. However, instead of focusing on the person with uh, early onset, I'm focusing on their children. So this is uh, a film about young caregivers that have a parent with early onset Alzheimer's and dementia. So um, we're in production right now. Uh, I have four or f- uh, four families on board, and um, the kids' ages range from 25 all the way down to 10 years old. Uh, and these kids all help out somehow because they have a mother or father in their uh, mid 40s to mid 50s with uh, at different stages of early onset. So oh, wow. um, we're yeah we're filming um, starting real production in January and the film will be done uh, by the end of next year. We're filming all the way until next summer, and I'm in the very last week of this crowdfunding campaign. I'm almost there. I'm just trying to raise some initial funds to get the project off the ground, and I'm at 89% funded. So uh, the project, the campaign runs till 11 o'clock on Sunday night. That's uh, Eastern Standard Time. So uh, for your listeners out there, you can, even if you just pledge $25, you can actually get your name in the credit, and you can actually become part of this huge campaign that I'm trying to to, do. to uh, develop as well because the film will be, you know, a conversational point about, you know, what these young kids go through. And it's really just looking at the disease from a different angle. That's all I'm trying to do is tell different stories and, uh, you know, try to get more education and awareness out there. Um, So your listeners can go to Indiegogo.com and search for the title Much Too Young. That's the name of the film, Much Too Young. And if people want to donate or pass on uh, the link, that'd be great. Oh, wonderful. Well, that's always great to know. And again, um, a lot of times people for the holidays are decide that they're not going to do gifts, but they want to donate to a cause. And, and Christmas cause would be a great one to donate to as well. So um, yeah, it's, you know, it's been actually because of this campaign, this is how I got some of these new families on board once I started this campaign. And uh, it's been a great experience. And you know, there's about uh, almost a hundred people have helped fund this project. So you know, they're 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 part of the film. They're not just you know funders. I'm, I'm considering them anyone who donates to be uh, you know part of the film, part of the uh, campaign. So you know, I welcome uh, any kind of donation, and you get all kinds of different perks in return from getting DVD copies. Uh, you get to Skype with me. Uh, you get to come. Um, 
if you live in a certain city, you know, we're going to premiere in different cities. So you get an invitation to the premiere, depending on, again, how much you donate. So, again, just go to Indiegogo.com and search for the title Much Too Young. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for calling in today. It's always a a pleasure to hear what the heck you got going on. And and, um, again, uh, we encourage people to, to check out your Indiegogo page for sure on that so thank you so you have, thank you so much Lori. you too you have a great holiday season thank you you too take- um so robert what do you think about the the um tickets to uh still alice as a family well, i think that's uh an incredible idea i appreciate Lori <laughs> calling back in and, and sharing that because it's uh I love the idea. I love giving. Uh, you know, I was brought up that way. My mother, would, my mother and sister and I would bake uh, divinity and chocolate covered cherries and all these things, and and we would take them to. Mother would take my sister and I to visit, visit Shane's and things mm-hmm. like that, and, and take that to them at Christmas. But the idea of the uh, tickets. To steal Alice, I think that's just a remarkable idea. And the time that the family can spend together, uh, what so often is is difficult to find. Yep, I I think so too. I I think it's a wonderful, wonderful idea. Um, and so many people struggle, you know, with this disease and what does it mean and you know how 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 does it affect people and i i think this is going to be a huge huge powerful powerful movie now robert did you see the glenn campbell movie at all no i have not that's a that's a really good one how about you harry did you see the glenn campbell movie no i have it i i want to but uh i have a i have a very hard time when i go to movies i just okay. feel overwhelmed by them and uh, now, if we cannot, like on a DVD or something like that, that I can watch it at home, maybe you know that would be wonderful. But if I have to, if I have to go to a theater and, and watch a movie, I just have a, I have a, a very hard time. Mhm. Okay. Well, and that's that's understandable, and that's one of those things that um, we all have to deal with in terms of what works and what doesn't work for people, because. Uh, it can be background noise or seating or just the crowd in general, um, you know, or not feeling comfortable, you know, out in the crowd. There's there's so many factors that come into play, and, you know, we have to be really conscious of of, of that um, and ask um, our people who are, are diagnosed with dementia, where are they most comfortable? Because, you know, nowadays, I mean, they, you just wait a little bit and you can watch it on Netflix at home, you know, and, and not go out and a little bit cheaper too and stuff. So all of those, all of those things can can easily come into play and just make your popcorn at home. <laughs> so well, see, that's, that's um, what happens. That's what happens, Lori. Um, now, in my case. I get so emotionally involved in something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the crowds that upset me. It's not the noise or anything like that. It's my mm-hmm. own emotions that, that mm-hmm. upset me. And and I'm so afraid of, of making a fool out of myself. Uh-huh. You know, that, that's, that's the only way I can, I can say it, that, you know, if I go to a movie and 
it does really upset me. It does really touch me. Um, I open up my emotions for everybody around me to see. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm very private like that. That I don't, I don't like to do that. Okay. Okay. Robert, do you find that you're more emotional now than you used to be? Yes. Uh, you know, it's easy. Certain situations, and I don't know that I could define them right now, but there's, there are times that I do get emotional, uh, and it, uh, a lot of time it, ha- it has to do with the situation I'm in. Mean. But uh, mm-hmm. it, I just try to deal with it. And, 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 the, and the fact of, like the movie, I don't, I don't get emotional in the movie. My problem is the noise and, yeah. and, the, and the volume that they play it at, and, and those type things. And I often find myself just walking out and and uh, not staying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, how about, let's talk about, you know, because a lot of times people will want to go out shopping during the holidays. Is that something that you're comfortable doing at all? I know, um, Robert, you had said you don't really even like the parking lot. It, it gets to be too much. So I would imagine the malls would be a difficult place for you to, to travel to. Is that correct? That that would be, Laura. I would. Uh, it almost creates panic in me when I get around mm-hmm. a big crowd like that, and I've never been that way before. Uh, uh-huh. But it just becomes it becomes overpowering, overwhelming, and uh, it's uh, it's it's like I can't find I can't think of a way out of. Uh huh. Okay. How about you, Harry? Do you do you like going to the malls anymore, or do you try to stay away from them? I'm I'm just the opposite. I love it. Uh, I love okay. as long as I have as long as I have my security blanket beside me that uh-huh. is uh, is smart enough to know when I when I need a break. But uh-huh. I love going to the mall. I love seeing the lights. I, I love doing that. I just get. I just get so wrapped up in it that, I mean, I get so wrapped up in it that everybody around me is my close friend. I'm talking uh-huh. to everybody. I'm just having a good time. I mean, it's 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 something I love. But like Robert says, I do have a limit. And uh, mm-hmm. when my limit is reached, you have to be some, you have to be smart enough to know that it's time to leave. Yeah, and and do you realize your your triggers before it it gets out of hand? So. You know, um, you can have... I I think I think Hazel, my my security blanket, knows better than I do. Uh, uh-huh. She reads my she reads my body language and and things like that, so she knows ahead of time. Now she keeps a very close eye on me when we're out like that, mm-hmm. and it's and uh, uh, she does it in a way that is I don't feel it's offensive. You know, I don't uh-huh. feel like. Like she has me under a microscope. Uh, I know that that she's doing it for my for my good, and but she she lets me know before she can tell. Maybe maybe by I start raising my voice, uh, things like that. You know, she can tell when when it's time to maybe just go get a cup of coffee. Mhm. Okay. Lori, I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate in that regard too because. Judy's very sensitive uh, when I get in those situations. Uh, she's very attentive, and she calmly does it like Harry's talking about Hazel does it. And uh, 
she'll she'll reach and grab my hand or arm or something, and uh, she'll just gently ask me, "Do we need to to leave for a few minutes or something like that?" Uh huh. Well, that's and that's nice when you have somebody who knows you that well, um, you know, to to really watch out uh, for your best interest and you know to be to be able to um, change the environment in a real respectful fashion um, for you, um, so that it's not uh, is it it's as least disruptive, um, you know, for you in in the whole. Um, there's so many times, you know, I see where sometimes um, people are like, oh, we just have to leave. And, and a lot of times I don't know if people really need to leave or if they just need a quiet area where they could be a little bit more comfortable for a while. Any thoughts on that, Harry, in terms of would, if you're in a in a real hustle and bustly place, is it best just to leave? Or, you know, if you're around friends and family you love, would you like to stay but just need a place where you could you know, kind of go be quiet for a little while? Sure, that that's so important because if you don't do that, you isolate yourself from from the activities. And uh-huh. uh I, I think that I think that's so wrong. I, I think that uh any any activity that comes up, any party or anything like that, people said, Do you want to go? My answer is always yes, but under the stipulation um that I leave when I have to. You know, not not when not when it's socially acceptable to leave or things like that. But like if I would go to a party and uh uh it would just be I'd be overwhelmed from the get go. I don't even want to sit down. You know, mm-hmm. it's time to it's time to say my goodbyes. And and you have to realize that uh if you if you throw on a party like that, that may happen. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody might come for five minutes. Well, don't be offended. You know, don't be offended if they if they have to leave. It's not like it's not like they're brushing you off or uh, or they're angry with you or something like that. It's just that they can't deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think so many times people take it personally, and it's it's not about that at all it's it's really about comfort level and um you know it it doesn't have anything to do with with somebody else but we're so used to making everything about us you know we're also so me oriented and and we really have to i think learn how to step back and and look at things in a different in a different light and and look at what you know what really brings joy and peace and comfort to the person diagnosed with dementia um because it it many times has changed from what it once was and how how it was packaged and I think that that's a really critical piece for us to not only understand but to accept and and then to make adjustments uh you know so things can be handled a little bit a little bit differently on that on that aspect um you know i wrote a piece about um you know trying to have uh, more joyful holidays and some of the things that i that i talked about was um 
Oh, gosh, there were so many different things to consider during the holidays was, you know, checking out your environment, if it's at home or out in the community or, you know, at a a friend's home or relative's home. Um, I think the little things, anyways, when I was dealing with my mom, made a made a huge, huge difference, like knowing how far we had to had to park, you know, and what the accessibility was going to be because her mobility had changed and her her comfort walking, her gait was different, um, or distance to restrooms um, or what types of furniture there was going to be for her to sit on because if she sat in one of those big cushy couches, she couldn't always get out you know, of it, and, um, you know, what types of, of food, and was it going to be served, or was it going to be buffet, um, you know, was there going to be a place for her to put her plate, or did she have to balance things, you know, all of that stuff, um, and not that you necessarily need a formal checklist, but as a care partner, they're important to realize um, those things can all have an impact now in in how the holidays proceed. And if you've got a plan in terms of how you're going to care for those, and it sounds like both your wives just really know intuitively what your needs are and um, can kind of head stuff off before it even comes. You know, if we can get to that point of really being conscious in, in the moment um, with those we're caring for, it it really can be um, a smooth, simple um, transaction or transition when we need to, when we need to make adjustments. It's, it's, I mean, it's not even like a transition. It's just a normal thing to do. And I think when we can get to that point um, is when things really become so much more comfortable for everybody. Um, Harry, what are your thoughts on that? I'm, I'm going to – I stole uh, I stole the slogan from uh, Eric and Heather Anderson, and uh, <laughs> it is – it is it is so wonderful that uh, I mean it explains so much to me, and that is remember I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Okay, now it, it's a, it's a simple slogan, but when you really think about that, it could it could save so many embarrassing moments, and mm-hmm. that is remember that I may not have the social graces I once had. Uh, mm-hmm. Remember that I might not. I might not have the uh, answers to the questions that you answered me. I might be, I might be back to three topics of conversation. You know, things like that. Um, remember that it's not, it's not as good idea to to give me a full cup of coffee because mm-hmm. nine times out of ten I'm going to spill it. You know, make sure uh-huh. it's between a half and three quarters filled. You know, that type of thing. I can always have more. But if it's filled too much, I'm going to spill it. You know, things yeah. like that. Uh, little things like that. You have to remember that I can't do the things I once did. And once everybody gets learned that, um, the, the parties, the dinners, whatever you have, can go so much smoother. You know, remember mm-hmm. not to put me, uh, sit me beside Chatty Cathy. You know, mm-hmm. that type of thing, because that's not going to work. Mhm. Yep. Good. Good. Good points, Robert. Anything you want to add on that? Not really. Okay. Okay. I um. 
you know, you had talked about noise levels, and again, I I, I can't. Um, I can't say enough about people being conscious of noise levels and really looking for even the nonverbal signs um, for for people who have dementia or, you know, really for all of us at, at all ages. Um, the, the pitches and the variables and the tones all have a, a different effect on all of us. And I think sometimes we forget how powerful sounds can be. And they can bring us great calm or they can bring us, um, you know, just great strife and stress. And so I think it's very, very important that we look really, really closely um, at at noise levels and positioning. I'm going to go ahead and just um, play another one of Alzheimer's Music Connects uh, songs. Speaking of noise, this is just beautiful music. So I'm going to play I Saw Mama Kissing Santa Claus. I- some mommy kissing Santa Claus Underneath the mistletoe at night She didn't see me creep Down the stairs to have a pee She thought that I was tucked up in my bed All fast asleep Well, I saw mommy Just, I love that music on that CD. I just, <laughs> I, I'm not a big normal um, music person for Christmas music, but this this CD that they put out, um, Memories, the Songs and Spirits of Christmas, I absolutely love it. It's so upbeat, and you like can't be in a bad mood when you listen to this music. Um, and I know Harry, you you, uh, you really like this CD as well. It's uh, you know we've had conversations about it before, but it's just uh, it's just a fun fun music, and um, to think that it's got um, the extra added value of helping people with dementia connect a little bit longer after they listen to it is is just a plus. I, I think for myself, I find um, that I'm more alert too. Uh, and, and I don't know if it has to do with just getting me in a better mood. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it, what the heck it is. But if you're interested in it, you can just go to Alzheimer's uh, Connect, a uh, Music Connect, and um, they've got it on a MP3, and they've got CDs, or you can buy some of the singles as well. Plus, they have a collection of not just holiday music, but just really a nice wide selection of of a variety of of music. So. Um, that would make, a, I think, a fabulous, fabulous uh, holiday gift uh, for, for so many people. I do want to um, point out, if you didn't listen to, uh, didn't have a chance to listen to the last couple of radio shows, we had um, the Alzheimer's Foundation uh, of America on, and they were talking about their new Remember Together program, which is pretty neat. Um you take an old photo and then you try to replicate it um, today. So it might be poses or clothes or whatever. Um, but there's and they're putting them up there and they're they're pretty fun to look at. And then um, as uh, Harry had mentioned, we had the authors Eric and Heather Anderson of Remember I Can't Remember, which again is a fantastic title. And um, so to the point. Our next show will be uh, next Tuesday. And we're going to have Lisa Barron on with Memory Care Home Solutions and the caregiver training environment that they've developed along with Dr. Ben Mast, 
who is the author of the book called The Second Forgetting. Uh, and then this afternoon, if you want to join us for Dementia Chats, uh, that's our free webinar, and both Harry and Robert are, are part of our expert panel for that. Um, I love that our experts actually have dementia uh, because they have such wonderful insights. But we'll start at 3 p.m. Eastern, that's 2 p.m. Central, 1 o'clock Mountain Time, and noon Pacific Time. We'd love to have you join us. And again, that is free. And uh, the the link will be posted to the blog. And um, I'll be pushing that out on social media as well. Or you can always go to alzheimerspeaks.com and go to our About page and then just click on Dementia Chats. Um, the other things that I wanted to mention were um, some of the past dementia chats. Uh, one, we had talked about tips for ho- for the holidays to reduce stress and to create joy. And I think, uh, you know, usually during the holidays we do a few of those because people always come with different ideas and topics and things. And, uh, and then we had the topic of the news of covering uh, Robin Williams' suicide and with the release that he had been diagnosed with Lewy body. And we had a really interesting conversation with the pros and the cons of, of um, you know, when, when and should somebody have the power to end their own, their own life. And um, very, very interesting conversation. So there, the dementia chats, I, I just always learn something. And I've been, you know, I was dealing with it for 30 years with my mom. I'm sure you'll learn something too. Um, both dementia chats, the webinars, and the um, radio show are all recorded, so you can go back and listen to them anytime. So if you can't make it when we're live, you know, please know that those resources are there for you. And then on the blog, um, there I, I had posted something about the Alzheimer's Prevention Registry, and, um, and that's very interesting, and I encourage you to sign up for information on that. And then I did this article on helping those um, that care cope, um, creating joy for those living with dementia. And then uh, a post that's a little bit older, but again, I think that's one that we really need to think of more, was called uh, Thanksgiving, Making Thoughts of Gratitude Last. A lot of times they're here for a day and then they're gone. <laughs> and um, I really think that the world as a whole needs to live in a moment of gratitude um, much, much more often than just once a year on Thanksgiving or or any particular holiday. It's, it's something that we should start our day off with and end it with. And I think life is is just so much more blessed when we when we view it in that angle. Um, have you found, uh, this is a question I'm going to throw out to both Harry and Robert, and I'll toss this to Harry first. Do you find that you're more grateful now that you're diagnosed with dementia? I, I know that might sound kind of weird to people at first, but do you find that you live your life in a more grateful spirit? Absolutely. Um, when when I was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, <clears throat> I had to... I had to face myself. You know, I had to uh, uh, I had to decide for myself what's important and what's not important. And um, that's why we always say that's my old life. Before I got diagnosed, that was one life. After I got diagnosed, it's another life. 
and you find out those two lives are completely different. And it's because of um, I had to reach in, in into myself to find that inner peace that is going to help me fight my disease. And uh, some of the things I found out that is um, I used to be a workaholic. You know, that, that was my life. Um, I had things to do, people to see, get out of the way. But that's not the way it is anymore. Um, it's, it's, I think we do become more caring people because our values change so much. We slow down and our values change so much that uh, the things that we overlooked before, we really look at now. And we find out that what we're looking at, we like. You know, we like this slow down life better than the hustle bustle life we had before. Mm-hmm. Robert, how about you? Do you find that you're living life in a more grateful mode? Absolutely. You know, I feel like I've always been thankful, but it is at a different level now. Uh, I have, like Harry, I was a workaholic. I worked anywhere from 60 to 80 hours a week. I went through a period of time that I worked 100 hours a week. Uh, I lost, uh, I was quick to move on because there was so much on my plate. And uh, I wished I might. Uh, a lot of things I did, I probably I wished I hadn't going at that pace. But at the same time, I'm thankful now that I see I I see life through a different set of lenses. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it's beautiful. It's more beautiful than I ever could expect, could, could ever describe. I'm thankful that I've got uh, more time with my family. I'm thankful that. Uh, I can just sit back and relax. I don't have to be doing something all the time. And it brings a little, I've got more peace in my life today than I've ever had before. And uh, that came after being diagnosed with dementia. Yeah, I I know for me as a daughter, um, dealing with this with my mom, it, it just taught me so many fabulous lessons um, in life and has really brought me great inner peace. And I know people would always say, Oh, what a terrible disease. And, and I'm like, you know, it, it was such a gift to me. Um, and I, and I know we never want anyone to be ill. Um, but, but there are gifts wrapped in every moment of life, no matter what is before us, we just have to look for them. We have to stop focusing on the tragedy and say, what is here for me to learn? And and this disease, I can't even list all the wonderful lessons that it's taught me. You know, it's taught me to be more patient. It's taught me to be more um, non-judgmental, more accepting, more flexible, more spontaneous. I think more fun. Um, you know, less stressed, um, more creative, um, more loving on, on deeper levels than I even knew were possible. I mean, more grateful. Um, less needy. Uh, I, I just, I, I can't, I mean, it, it, it almost, I, I can't stop the lessons. And they're just, they're, and they're noticeable ones. I mean, other people say, wow, you've really changed. And, and they have, They but, but it's been for really a good change. And, and it's like, it's almost like leading by example with this disease, and then others look at it differently, you know, and go, 
well, gosh, she's doing okay or he's doing okay or they're calm. I, I guess, you know, the world is going to go on. And, um, you know, uh, and just all of the creative things that so many of you have done with dementia in terms of sharing your stories and, and the honesty. I mean, just having these conversations like today are are such a gift for some people um, to be able to hear somebody with dementia talk um, so clearly and so insightfully and um, help troubleshoot and, and give ideas. Um, you know, that's just breaking down a huge myth out there. And and that's a gift to so many people. And it, to me, it's those types of gifts um, that are priceless. Just priceless to me. Um, Harry, when when you talk about um, gratitude and and you know being you know more at peace, can you give some examples? Can you think of any examples when, of when when I when I speak out to a lot of people? Now I was diagnosed almost eleven years now. January will be eleven years that I was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. When I speak out. Um, so many people say, hey, you have a mild case of Alzheimer's or, or are you sure you have Alzheimer's? And and what I try to do is I try to say, okay, now let's look at my life compared to your life. When's the last time you laughed? When's mm-hmm. the last time you did this? When's the last time you did that? And so many people say, well, gee, I can't, I can't tell you the last time I... I just really laughed, and I said that it's okay to laugh when you have dementia. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's 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 nature's way of saying, okay, let's get rid of the stress in your life. You know, mm-hmm. let's let's get away from the uh, the badness, the ugliness. Now, if you dementia is ugly, there's, there's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. It is ugly, but if that's all you see, that's all you're going to have. Yep. And I chose I chose not to look at the ugliness. I know it's there. I live it. So I know it's there, but uh I I live the happiness that that is also there. And that's what mm-hmm. makes me so grateful that that um that I've learned that. You know, now mm-hmm. I could have had I could have been diagnosed and and I could just be waiting to die. You know, mm-hmm. I could just because I didn't do anything for myself, and I get so angry at people that are not willing to do something for themselves. You know mm-hmm. that it's like, you know, don't you know that if you would laugh, if you would do something, if you would find a purpose in life, that um, you would not only add years to your life, but you would add so many more meaningful years to your life. You would live mm-hmm. a happy life. You have to learn to live with your disease. That's important. Yeah, I, I think that that's critical. Um, you know, you have to put the disease in second position to yourself. You know, you are a person first with a with a life to fulfill and and you know love and have fun and you know all of those things that that we all deserve. And so many times people allow disease to rob them 
of the joy and um and the truth of of everyday life of of being that person you know that they've always wanted to be and it's uh it's pretty powerful stuff and it's i know i i think for a lot of people it's really hard to comprehend how in the world could you know how in the world could disease ever be a gift um but again it's it's all in how you view it, you know. Robert, what are your thoughts? Go ahead, Harry. That's one of the things that that, the care partners are so guilty of, that they they handicap us without even knowing it. And Mm -hmm. the way they do that is they care too much for us. They do Mm -hmm. too much for us. And they take away our our self-respect or dignity and things like that without even knowing it. And um, that's why we have to stumble. We have to fall. We have to do the things that other people do. Now, mm-hmm. it may not be pretty. You may not like to watch it, but it's something we have to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, I agree. Um, Robert, what are your thoughts? Anything you want to add? You know, I look back and... <clears throat> Laurie, over the past, over my life, I think my life experience has prepared me for my diagnosis. Uh-huh. And I think that that preparation was accelerated over the previous 10 years. And the ten, last 10 years have been very hectic. And and uh, a lot of things took place that were very difficult to deal with, things that you mm-hmm. would not like to deal with. But I can look back and say I'm thankful for those life experiences uh, because they, although I wish they had not occurred, they helped me see things through a different set of eyes. Uh, those those things that happened gave me tools that have helped me to live with the natural world. And uh, it, it's it's just a, it's a remarkable journey when you can look at it that way. I think when I'm able to, you know, we laugh. You know, even the absurdities of some of the things I might do, we as a family can laugh about the absurdities. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm glad I can laugh with myself and at myself. You know, it's, uh, I think it it creates an inner peace that is indescribable sometimes. Yeah, and and like you said, being able, you know, laughter is such a powerful, powerful tool for all of us, and it is throughout our lives. And you know, when you ask people, you know, what is one of the most the things that they enjoy most in life, it, it's usually joy and laughter. And why in the world would we ever try to take that away from someone who who has a diagnosis, someone who is ill? Um, you know, because it, it literally changes the chemistry in our body and, you know, can really help us heal on a lot of levels. And uh, I, I know I was, uh, this last week, I was just kind of fried out I, when, when I was together with this this group um, in Palm Springs. And it was very, very intense timing. And we got in the car to go someplace and someone was driving and they hit the curb a couple of times. And I... I just broke out laughing. I had, I had tears. I couldn't stop. Everyone was looking at me, wanting to laugh, but afraid that the driver was going to get mad. And she was actually egging me on with some of her comments. And I bet I laughed for 15 minutes. I mean, just a hard belly laugh. And um, 
in my body and it released all the kind of I don't want to say kind of stress and overwhelmingness of of all this work we were doing because it was just very very intense work and um and it, it just it shifted everything within me. I can't even explain it, but um you know that is so important. Laughter is such an incredible incredible gift that we can give not only ourselves but give to others if we're willing to play again. And so many times we're not willing to play. We've got another caller on the line. Let me go ahead and pull them in. We have uh, somebody on the line from a 724 number. Do you want to state your name? Hello, this is Patricia Torok. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for calling in, Patricia. Do you have a question or a comment? I have a comment. Um, I'll be doing a show at 2 o'clock, and so I was just surfing to find our show um, you know, because I'll be her, her, her um, you know, her guest. But mm-hmm. this topic is a hot topic for me. And the, the other young man on the line, you and you were talking about laughter, um, as a way of coping. Um, for the for the person who has Alzheimer's or dementia, cognition. I mean, there are many, 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 many causes for memory problems uh, due to accidents, head injuries, and things like that. I've played in nursing homes in dementia units for at least 10 years. Mm -hmm. And you can see a person, you can literally wave your hand in front of their face, and they are simply not connected to their environment. And you'll never know what song it's going to be, but I'll be doing these songs, and I do these old songs that are back in their, their time, and this one person that was, you know, I wait, I literally did wave my hand because they just were not even seeing me. Mm-hmm. And it was maybe 10 minutes later, and I started to do the unicorn song. Mm-hmm. And I heard a man's voice singing, and he knew all the words. And I turned around, and it was that man. And he was looking at me, and he was singing. And they don't make a drug that can pull someone out of that their own place that you can't reach, mm-hmm. but songs, songs that they remember, songs that meant something to them, song, songs that might have been, you know, them and their spouse's favorite song. It mm-hmm. just, it, it clicks something in their memory and it brings them back. It Music's so powerful. Um, Harry, I know you you have some thoughts on music. Do you want to share your thoughts? Oh, sure. Sure. Um, number one, to help somebody, you have to know them. And it's not, it's not uh, you have to know them inside and out. You have to know what makes them tick, uh, what they like, what they don't like, things like that. And music is so powerful. Um, if, I'm in a, if I'm in a bad mood, uh, if I'm uh, in that lost mode, where I don't know where I'm at, I just don't care, just get away from me, you know, if I'm in that kind of mood, um, I can put music on and I can visualize I'm someplace else. And that that uh, that gets me out of that feeling sorry for myself and things like that. Um, so many times I visit nursing facilities and, and, uh, and people say, well, 
they don't communicate anymore. And I always say, you know, I don't believe that. You know, mm-hmm. that that it's not that they can't communicate. You're just not able to communicate with them. And it's 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 always that way. And once you learn how to communicate or communicate with somebody, it's they communicate through the eyes, through the touch, you know, the body language, things like that. They don't they don't have to communicate verbally. And once you find out how you can communicate with them, that opens up the door. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do so many you can do so many things. You can have a conversation with somebody and they don't even have to say a word. You know, but now you have to get to know the person, you have to know the person. You know, if you're just yeah. sitting in front of them talking, they tune you out and, and and that's it. But um once you get the once you get on their level, you enter their world, then that's when the conversation starts. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Robert, do you have anything to add uh, regarding music? I don't know much I can add. I think Harry's right on target from my perspective. But one thing mm-hmm. I would add, I think attitude is an important part as we begin to engage with someone with dementia. Uh, I visit persons in the, in the nursing home with dementia, and uh, usually I can get a response. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's uh, I'm going in there expecting a response. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm not looking at the limitations they might have. I'm mm-hmm. looking for what's left and how can mm-hmm. I engage them and get them to be a part of a conversation whether it be through verbal, whether it be, as Harry mentioned, through eyes, uh, facial expression, or whatever. And uh, it usually speaks volumes what they are able to tell me. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I I so, so agree. Um, I, you know, we we did a lot of music with my mom as well, and it was just so powerful, absolutely so powerful. And, you know, she's now gone, um, but I still have those clips, and they bring me such joy. And, you know, we, we videotaped her for about a half an hour with her reactions. And, you know, not only has that brought me joy, but it's brought um, hope and joy to a lot of others because there's, you know, with all of them, I'm sure there's well over 100,000 hits on those those few little clips that we have on on YouTube for people. Um, but, you know, I can be in a really down mood and I can watch that and it just brings me this peace and calm and this lovingness that um, is just incredible that, again, can can change my mood instantly by just watching that. So I, I appreciate you calling in and, and talking about music, Patricia, because I do think it's very, very powerful and very under... Um, utilized and and not very well understood the power behind it and the impact that it can, can I have. It, can I add a little bit more to that? Because it sure. Shows, it's more personal than just being someone interested in your mm-hmm. topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I have short-term memory and cognitive um, due to 30 years of undiagnosed sugar before it was found that mm-hmm. damage was done all over and um, my husband's family, Alzheimer's, runs so, so extremely more on his mother's side 
um, more do get Alzheimer's and more have died from Alzheimer's than anything else. His mother currently, um, you know, doesn't even know who my husband is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's a chance of some type of dementia for me. Alzheimer's is not in my, anywhere in my family, but it's uh-huh. very strongly in my husband's family. So what I did in 2013 for our 26th anniversary, you can find it on YouTube, and I've sung it in all over different states, and I I, I called it I Remember You. Mm-hmm. But it's it's clearly about Alzheimer's or dementia. The person singing this love song, this beautiful love song, um, doesn't know... You know, you're. Hey, I don't remember. Hey, I don't know your name. You know, hey, mm-hmm. I don't remember the day. Hey, I don't know what time it is. But all the rest of it, I incorporated all of our memories, our first date, um, um, where we used to go in Potter County and where we still go. I incorporated all of our personal stuff. And years down the road, that that recording. Um, has the potential to really unlock things for either one of us should it happen. And I've like as I said, I've sung it in other states, and I I I introduced it. This is a song I wrote. It's called "I Remember You." And when I'm done singing it, never without fail, if someone comes up to mention about that song, they'll come up and they'll say, "Oh, I just love that Alzheimer's song you sang." Mm-hmm. Well, nowhere in the song does it say Alzheimer's, and nowhere does it say dementia, but it's very clear that that's what it's about. I just I just wanted to put the most positive spin on it that you could. It's a beautiful love song, but you can tell the the spouse has dementia. Or, uh-huh. You know, whatever. And uh, it's on YouTube if anyone wants to hear it. It's called I Remember You by Pat, uh-huh. just P-A-T. Last name is Torok, P like Trump, O-R-O-K. I'm not promoting myself whatsoever. I'm not uh, I'm not trying to get famous or anything. I'm 60 years old, it's beyond that. Um, but you <laughs> might like to listen to the song because any, especially someone who is the caregiver, who mm-hmm. who has that, that anxiety about when that person is getting farther and farther away and harder and harder to reach. Mm-hmm. Um, remember that sometimes, and consider this, sometimes when that person is, you know, in that unreachable place, they're, they're not connected to their environment, in their mind, in their own place, they just may be reliving the most beautiful memories of their life. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Now, that doesn't very, help, very much. That doesn't help the caregiver. But if you can, can, I mean, there's two sides of a coin, and I think that's just one side people don't consider, mm-hmm. that they may be sitting there running through a field with their love, you know, chasing the dog, rounding up the chickens. <laughs> I grew up on a farm, obviously. <laughs> but that's that's my point. So Okay. Um, well, I'll thank you for it. calling in, Pat. Very much appreciate it. Great. Thank you. Um, Robert, anything else you want to add, or, or we can talk about a different topic here too today. We just kind of went down the holiday path. We've got about a, 
25 minutes left, but we don't have to fill the air either if uh, if we don't have anything more to say. So, But I want to give you an opportunity if you have um, another topic that you'd like to talk about. I don't really have anything else, Lauren. Okay. Well, it looks like we've got another caller on the line, so let me pull them in. We've got somebody from a 951 number. 951, you're live and on the air. Would you mind sharing your name with us? My name is Rich. How are you today? Good, good. What can we do for you, Rich? Do you have a question or a comment? Um, question and a comment at the same time. I lost my wife back in June to Alzheimer's at 59. And watching this the last four or five years, I'm just wondering when the awareness is going to actually hit full throttle and take this country by storm and how can we do that? Good, good question. Um, <laughs> Harry, do you, do you want to talk on that, on, on what you've sure. seen? Sure, sure. It already has. Uh, now, I I say it already has. Uh, when that awareness and a cure is, is two different things. Okay, now, uh, we are more aware now than we ever were. And I say that, I say that with the most confidence because... Um, we can now speak about we can now speak about our disease and not be ashamed of it. You know, we're not embarrassed by it. Um, we can now we can now demand dementia friendly cities and towns. You know, we can we can now do things like that. So people are now starting. They don't want to hear it. You know, nobody wants to hear it, but. But it's people like uh, me and Robert and everybody else that is speaking out about this disease and telling people the way it is, that we are making changes. We are making big strides. The the thing that still baffles me, and and I fell prey to this too back in May of 2010 when Debbie got diagnosed, is that a lot of people do not understand it is fatal. And I didn't have that knowledge until I started reading on it, but... I think the Alzheimer's Association, I mean, it's shock value that grips this country nowadays. And if mm-hmm. everyone knew fail, perhaps we could get some response and some public service announcements and really ramp up the research funding. Yeah, I, I think one of the issues, you know, I dealt with it for 30 years with my mom, and I and I think the last five years we've come a long, long ways. We have, we have a, even a longer road ahead of us, but... Um, you know, every state now is in the process, if they haven't already, putting together some type of dementia plan, which is huge. The globe is coming together with the G7, and um, researchers are working together. Governments are working together. Um, people around the world are starting to share information. Things like um, Harry's uh, Facebook page, Forget Me Not, or Rick Phelps. Uh, page memory people are connecting people around the world this little radio show is connecting people around the world Um, you're seeing a lot of grassroots efforts pop up as well as these structured state plans so I I think um, you know I think things are moving in that direction you've got Norms McNamara who's developed uh, a new symbol for dementia I shouldn't say new because we never really had a, a global symbol for dementia and um, you know that's catching like wildfire in the UK and Australia and Scotland are leaps and bounds ahead of the US in uh, so much 
in what they're doing. And um, the U.S. has always liked to be kind of a forerunner. And so I, I think part of it um, that is going to push us forward is the embarrassment that we're not the leader of the pack. <laughs> um, and, and, like the and, you know, yeah, and you know what? If that's what it takes, I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know, let, let us get a little humble and, and get moving forward. Um, but I think the biggest thing that really is pushing us forward is these individual voices um, of families um, and people being diagnosed. I, I don't think it's going to be big government that's really going to make the shift um, because they they take too long. The bureaucratic processes is uh, frustrating and slow to say the least um, and they're going to want to try to control everything and I think if there's one thing we learn with dementia is it's not controllable and it doesn't have a set plan that it's going to follow and so whatever we do has to be fluid and it has to be flexible and we have to be spontaneous and um, we have to be able to adjust on the fly and um, and project you know what needs and triggers there are not just for the person with dementia but for those that are caring for them and the environments that they're in and and the only way we're going to do that is by um raising the voice of those with dementia um and to me that's one of the most brilliant things that is happening right now is that people people are finally figuring out People with dementia have a lot to contribute. And, you know, when my mom had the disease, that was not the case. You know, it was just kind of shut them away and, you know, pull back. And and people are really listening now. Um, They are really, really listening. Uh, Even this this group I was with um, this last week that were experts from around the world heard – you know, we we were talking via Skype uh, to to people with dementia, and after that conversation, they were just shocked. They were just shocked, and I thought, oh my gosh, we've been doing this, you know, on the radio and on our dementia chats and stuff for what three or four years now. Um, but this is really new, even to people who are really deep and 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 extremely big advocates of the program, understanding the voice. So I think it's sharing information, having simple conversations, and and asking the question, like you called in today, how do we do it? How do we do it? Um, and it really is a matter of us all working together, Rich. And, um, you know, and I think we also have to stay active with, you know, our Alzheimer's Association and organizations like Us Against Alzheimer's that that really like to go down that political path because they are going to be, they are going to have an impact on us, um, positive or negative. Um, there's groups like the Dementia Action Alliance um, that's going to be a new uh a new national uh, organization that anybody can can partake in, and you're going to be hearing more about that in the future. Um, but there are there's so much more support. Um, it's just a matter of us connecting the dots and getting it out to people, and there, and there. getting people comfortable having the conversation. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. To me, experiencing it and watching it, it just and I learned a lot of valuable lessons in caregiving, and it's quality of life, as you know. You know, mm-hmm. protect dignity and quality of life for those that suffer from this disease. And I just, 
I I threw it out there yesterday on memory people Rick Phelps stage. Mm-hmm. I want to see a PSA. Someone send me a link. And yep. I'll tweet it, I'll Facebook it. I just want I can't find one. I'm Googling public service announcements for Alzheimer's and the latest one was produced in two thousand eleven. Yeah. I'm sorry, we we need to be creative. I I don't want to see my grandchildren get this. Yep. Yep. And and a very good point. Very, very good point. It would be interesting to see um kids do uh, something like that for uh for a college project um or even a high school project. They're so video savvy. And I throw um, that out there. I call it my legion of no more doom. Okay, well good. You you uh hold that light high and just keep pounding on the door and one of these days Something, something will open. You know, I, I think that's one of the the biggest traits that uh, dementia teaches us all is um, to be strong and to 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 not give up. You know, to know how important this this is. And you know, as many times as we all get knocked down, there's there's somebody out there that's willing to help you back up because there's so many of us that have been touched by this and. You know, so many people don't even talk about it because they don't even know it's acceptable to talk about it. And so the more information we can get out there, um, the more comfortable people will feel having the conversation. But, yeah, keep pounding on those doors and, and keep asking. Um, you know, it it will trigger. It it usually takes longer than we like, um, but it, it'll fire. <laughs> You know, I, I do. I do want to thank you for your time, and maybe someone out there that's listening to this will get their college kids or someone to produce that thirty-second video that just pops and goes viral, and money will flow into the association. Who knows? Yep. What a what a, what a what a great route, um, and it's amazing what people can do with their time and talents and want to do with their time and talents, and they don't even know where to be directed to. So, again, it's it's people like you, Rich, throwing out ideas um, and, and giving people, you know, those seeds of, of thought, which are really, really important. So I appreciate you so much calling in. Thank you. Um, Robert, can I add something, Lloyd? Sure. Um. Go ahead, Harry. We Americans are greedy. You know, if mm-hmm. um, if we can't make a buck on it, we're not interested in it. And, and that uh, that's just the way Americans are. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing that upsets me so much is is so many fundraisers out there. And what are you fundraising for? Research. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and that's that's fine. That's necessary. I know that's necessary. But why can't we fundraise for a better quality of life? Mm-hmm. Why can't we? Why can't we research to to find ways to make our lives easier and 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 make us happier? Mm-hmm. You know things like that. I will never see a cure. I mean that's that's years and years down the road. You know mm-hmm. I don't have years, but you know. I could have a better quality of life. And I uh-huh. think that um I think we have to have more fundraisers for a better quality of life. Mhm. I I agree. 
I totally, totally agree. Um, Robert, anything else you'd like to add? Lauren, the only thing I would say, I think it, uh, I'm thankful that I'm more patient now because before I would have been moving with a stick of dynamite. I, I'm able now, having dementia, to look at things more objectively as it relates mm-hmm. to it than, than I once could probably. Uh, but but it's I have to remind myself that a house is built one brick at a time. And we've got yep. so much that we're having to overcome with the stigmas that have been present with dementia. And uh, I think we're making a lot of progress. We've got a lot, lot more to do. Uh, and I'm thankful for this call uh, because it's a, it's, a, it's a needed message and it's needed for more and more people. Uh, but we've, we've, we've got avenues open for memory cafes, et cetera. And I agree with Harry on the... On the uh, aspect of quality of life. When we look at raising money for research, most of the, a very small percentage of the money that's donated goes to research. Uh, and quality of life is what is so important for those that are living with the disease now. And we're do, we're making inroads. And I think the fact that uh, we're having shows like this and, and others that are available and uh, the fact that the memory cafes uh, the fact of working on uh, dementia-friendly communities, uh, those type things, uh, is going to increase it. And I think it's just going to take a conscious effort. And I love the caller's uh, thoughts about some uh, college kids doing some 30-second, 60-second videos or whatever, and, and mm-hmm. let them go viral. Uh, just pound it away. Uh, I really yep. appreciate him calling in and bringing that up. Yeah, I, I think it was... You know, it's it's good. Um, it's 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 always good when someone poses that question because we are never moving fast enough, um, and the only way we're going to pick up pace is to keep mentioning <laughs> that we're not moving fast enough. And and again, uh, talking about the need uh, because it is it's it's just so big out there. You know, we are touched by so many people. The last um, couple of nights, I've been speaking to um, some communities here, and the response has just been unbelievable. And they come up afterwards and go, "We so need this information," and and even that response is a big change from five years ago. You know, um, for them to come up and and ask more questions and and be more involved, um, and they're seeing the need. And and um, so I, I do. I think we are making strides. Um, for all of us, it's not fast enough, but but they are strides nonetheless, and they are actually quite big strides compared to where we've where we've been. So, well, it if will, we it have, will never it, be, it will never be fast enough, Lauren. Yep, nope, I agree. I I so agree. Um, I just want to put out there one more time: if they, we have any other callers that are interested in uh, calling in, please do so. We'd love to hear from you. We just have about ten minutes left, so. Um, if we don't have any other callers, I'll probably get ready to to wrap up the show because we are we have to get ready for our dementia chats here <laughs> this afternoon, um, and that's always mm-hmm. a fun fun conversation uh, that we have. So I would encourage people to uh, to join us for that. That's a webinar platform. Again, that's free. We start at three o'clock Eastern time. Uh, 
2 o'clock Central, 1 o'clock Mountain, and then that would be noon Pacific time if you're if you're out west on that. So doesn't look like we have any other callers or anybody in the chat box. I'm not sure if the chat box is really working or not because I'm not showing people, and they're definitely out there. Um, so... Uh, so I apologize for that. If you've typed something in, I, I'm not seeing it at this end because uh, I, I love to be able to um, to pull you in. Again, if you are interested in help uh, helping raise the profile of dementia, uh, please go to our website, alzheimerspeaks.com, and go to the About page and click on the Purple Angel Project. From there, you can request information on how you get the Purple Angel and can join that cause which is a new global symbol for dementia. Um, if you are looking for a, an Alzheimer's association anywhere in the world, check out Alzheimer's Disease International. Or if you're more interested in a holistic approach, kind of looking at food and exercise and meditation, uh, go to the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation. They have great, great resources there for you. Uh, and then I also want to, again, mention if you are dealing with a specific type of dementia, and there's many, many types out there, but um, a couple of the more popular are the Lewy Body Association um, and the Frontal Temporal uh, Lobe Dementia. Um, each have their own national site which can really help you um, move forward with those diseases um, because they are just a, they're all just a little bit different. Again, if someone is having problems with speech, there's a national aphasia organization. And last, if you're looking for some type of gift for the holiday season, check out Alzheimer's Music Connect. Um, they've got a great uh, Christmas CD called Memories. Songs and Spirits of Christmas, and this, all of their music is uh, has a special patent with it that helps people with dementia engage a little bit longer. Also, if you have someone who likes to work on puzzles, uh, you can go to Puzzle With Me. Um, there, Jane has made puzzles that are fewer pieces, but bigger pieces, more age-appropriate. And then Jiminy Wicket, if somebody likes the outdoors and likes to play croquet, uh, there's actually an adaptive game that can be played indoors or outdoors, and it can be played by all generations, which is uh, which is very fun as well with that. So I'm going to go one last call. Harry, any other topic you want to talk about? Otherwise, we're waiting until this afternoon on Dementia Chats. Yeah, I don't. I don't want. I don't. Want, I, don't I need something to talk about at three o'clock. So okay. uh, the the only thing I'll I'll end it with uh, uh, everybody that has dementia. You have to realize there is life after your diagnosis, and um, that life depends on you. You could live it in self pity. You could live it uh, in madness and anger. It's up to you. Or you can choose to live it. You can you can choose to live your life with your disease, and you're going to find out if you if you make that choice, you're going to have a happy life, and that's it. Very simple. Yep. Very simple. Um, Robert, any last comments again? One last time. This is really it. <laughs> <laughs> 
the only thing I would say, Laura, is that, that I'm thankful that uh, a year after my diagnosis, I was diagnosed in June of 12 with Lewy body, and I'm thankful that uh, a, a year later, I'm thankful it was not longer. I wish it had been sooner. I found my new purpose in life. And certainly, as Harry has mentioned, it'll, it'll improve your quality of life. And uh, it just, uh, I, I'm able to live with dementia and be happy. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm thankful for that. Wonderful. Well, I I feel so grateful um, for both of you. You you bring um, such a great addition um, to dementia, and your voice is so important to be heard. So I just feel honored um, to work with both of you, uh, both on the radio program and dementia chats, and and just offline as well. Um, I really I, I can't thank you both enough for your contribution into in terms of helping shift our dementia care you're really making a huge huge difference so thank you both so much and with that i'm going to go ahead and we'll play one more little christmas song here and we'll be off till next uh till next tuesday otherwise feel free to join us this afternoon on dementia chat bye now they told me It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.